we are heading towards week one here on the first time podcast. And as we conclude our draft weekend, how are you feeling about your draft, Dan? Um, feeling okay about mine. Um, how, how are you thinking about, how are you feeling about all yours, Steve? Good. I'm in, yeah, as, as you kind of allude to, I'm, I'm in five leagues this year, a little more than I would like. Um, but in the league that we, we are, we're both in, I feel okay. Definitely strong at the wide receiver position. Um, but for some reason, elite running backs eluded me this year. Didn't really get any running back probably ranked in the top 10 this year. So I'm going to be streaming and really looking down deep for the running backs. Yeah, the, the running backs were flying off the board. Um, and we, we kind of we talked about this a little bit off air. I don't even know if that's what you call it in podcasting. Off air, off mic. Um, <laughs> but we our league had been like a standard league in the past. And we switched to like half PPR this year. I think partially because like lots of lots of managers in our league are known for just like hoarding running backs, myself included, to be fair. Um, And I think we thought that like going to this like half PPR format was going to like stop that. But yeah, the running backs were flying off the board. I also am not like psyched about where I ended up with that. Um, I think I'm a little better at that situation than you. I got Eckler and Dobbins at least. But it drops off hard after that. Yeah, well, hopefully the wide receivers will carry us in, in our league and those late running backs will turn out good. Yeah. Um, so for everybody, um, on a weekly basis starting today, we're going to go through some kind of guys that are sort of in the flex discussion, kind of fringe starters, You know, depending on their roster construction and where they're strong and where they're not. So on the quarterback, tight end, defense, and kicker uh, side of things, we're looking at those players that are ranked outside the top 15 um, on ESPN that we think will finish inside the top 10 for that given week. And then with, uh, with running backs and wide receivers, um, running backs and wide receivers that are ranked outside the top 30 on ESPN that we think will finish inside the top 20 on ESPN. So we're really looking at guys that will, you know, exceed expectations for that given week to help you guys get an edge uh, on your opponent in in that matchup. So, Dan, who do you have uh, for your first week one target? Yeah, so for my first guy, I'm going with uh, Matt Ryan, uh, quarterback with the Colts. So he is 19 on ESPN um, for their week one rankings here. Um, I, I think he can be a top 10 guy. Um, you know, picking these kind of guys can be tough because, you know, when you look at the rankings of the top 10, like, no, I don't think he's going to score better than the Allens and Mahomes and Lamars and those kinds of things. But I think he could sneak in there at the end. Um, basically for a few reasons, um, the Houston defense is, is, gonna be bad this year they were bad last year it's it's bad again this year there's not much going on and on top of that they've got a very young secondary I think it is a secondary that they look like they're building and could be good eventually but they're gonna be starting two rookies so two guys who are gonna be playing their first NFL games you got Derek Stingley uh, out of LSU you got uh, Jalen Petre uh, Petrie uh, the guy out of Baylor um and so, I mean, you know, 
<laughs> guys playing their first NFL games, uh, you know, coming into the big leagues, see how that goes for them. Then the other starters, you're probably looking at Eric Murray and Desmond King, who are both guys that are getting a little older, used to be pretty decent secondary players, um, haven't performed as well here in the last couple of years. So I think there's a weak secondary there. Front seven, though, is not too strong either. Um, and so I think there's some definite concerns with this pick, definite risks. Obviously, Matt Ryan is playing on the same offense as Jonathan Taylor. Um, and so one may think that they're just going to establish the run game early, just pound the rock with, with Taylor, uh, likely very potentially not going to be a close game late, and so he's not necessarily going to be throwing the ball late. And so I see that there are those risks, but I think there's still some upside to be seen here with Ryan in week one. Um, one, Matt Ryan is known for being a big screen passer, dump-off guy. So, you know, he can hit Jonathan Taylor. He can hit Naheem Hines. They, those are two pretty good pass-catching backs. So he can use them in the pass game. And so if early on, you know, if they're just going through Jonathan Taylor all game and, you know, sometimes he breaks off those big 60, 70-yard runs, but they're not always just runs. Sometimes they're screen passes, and he does it that way. And so that's a great way for, for Ryan to, to rack up some points is – just hitting Jonathan Taylor on a screen and then he gets that. And then additionally, I think that this is, you know, early in the season, you know, week one, it's Matt Ryan's first game with the Colts. So, and and it's against a, a definite inferior opponent. Um, You know, I don't think the Colts really expect the Texans to be in this game. They should run away with it. So I think that maybe there could be a chance that the coaches and the offensive coordinator there are going to see this as an opportunity to start working on building that connection between Matt Ryan and his receivers. You know, you've got Pittman, you've got Campbell, uh, they've got a rookie, Alec Pierce, that's going to be their, their top trio. And so, you know, if, if this is a game that they think they're going to win anyways, and yes, um, Houston does have a pretty weak front seven. They could just establish the run and win it that way. But it's week one, and why not start working on building that offensive chemistry between your quarterback and your receivers because you're going to need it during the season. So I would I would love to see it if they just come out and Matt Ryan gets a couple touchdowns in the first quarter because they're throwing the rock around and, and seeing how they can build that offense. And, I mean, I also look, I mean, Matt Ryan's just three years removed from averaging 22 points a game, and then he put up seven, roughly 17.5 for the next two seasons after that, and then dropped off big time last year, but obviously Atlanta wasn't really performing well as an offense. I think this is going to be an offense that's going to be moving the ball. They're probably going to put up a lot of points on the Houston defense, and I'm hoping that it's because it's game one. They know they can win it. There's a weak secondary with a couple of rookies in there who Matt Ryan should be targeting that that hopefully the Colts are going to want to start working on that chemistry between him and the receivers. And I think it could be a top 10 week for him. Yeah, definitely. I, I like your thinking and where you're kind of going with this one. My only, I guess, concern would be that I think Matt Ryan is going to have to have the majority of his fantasy points in that first half and kind of take all those touchdowns. Definitely. Just because of game flow and figuring that the Colts will have a decent lead on the Texans. 
in yeah. the second half if he's playing well. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, that's that's part that's big time my concern with this, and probably why ESPN and some of the places you know have him ranked lower is that you know if this is a blowout going into the second half, then. Matt Ryan, one, isn't going to be slinging the ball around, and two, if it's a big enough of a blowout, isn't even going to be playing. So, you know, hopefully hopefully Houston can keep it a little close, but, you know, I, I hope he slings the ball around a bit. No, definitely. Um, so for my first target, I have two wide receivers. Um, my first is Rashad Bateman, a wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. They're playing the New York Jets week one. Bateman is ranked 32 on ESPN. Now, the Jets were the third worst uh, defense against the pass last season in terms of passing yards allowed. Now, they added first-round rookie Sauce Gardner in the draft, and they also added DJ Reed from Seattle, who's, who's an okay player, fine player. But Gardner being a rookie in his first game and... I just don't necessarily see him um, being a dominant corner, especially early on. So I think it's really an opportunity for the Ravens to be able to um, succeed in the passing game. And Bateman, you know, right behind Andrews is going to be Lamar's second target. And I could see Bateman flourishing in that first game, getting a lot of yards, maybe even a touchdown. And, Bateman missed a lot of last season, so I could see Lamar wanting to start the season early and build some uh, chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, I I agree with you in the overall sense as far as, as Bateman this year. I think he is going to have a pretty good season, um, and, and I, I am looking to see that sophomore jump from him, especially after the injury last year. I, I do disagree with you. I, I think Sauce Gardner, I think, um, could actually could potentially be a lockdown corner from day one. I mean, the man was a beast in college, never gave up a single touchdown. He didn't even give up a reception during the preseason, which I know, preseason, but still relatively impressive for a rookie. How many snaps um, did he play in the preseason? Um, he. Played a pretty substantial amount in the first two games. I mean, I don't, I don't know his snap count. His, his Sorry, snap count. No, I didn't, I didn't do that research. <laughs> so, like, I, he is good, and I, I imagine that that is who's going to be on Bateman because he is the number one, and so I think it is going to be a lot of balls to the tight ends here. Um, and I agree. I think, I think he could probably be better than the thirty-two wide receiver Jop, jumping into that top twenty might be tough in my eyes, but obviously I'm not going to push back too much because go Ravens and I hope Bateman has a monster game. Also, also I do want to tell the listeners, Steve gives me all this shade for all my like Ravens love. He ended up taking more Ravens in our draft the other night than I did, including Bateman. So this, this might just be biased that Steve wants his wide receiver to do well. Hey, well, maybe, uh, but he's probably going to be on my bench considering how good my wide receivers are so all right yeah bateman can't make the cut (laughs) yeah he won't make the cut probably but i'm looking out for him so dan who who do you have for your your second target yeah so for my second guy i'm going damian pierce um he's a running back that we've mentioned on here before um with the texans so i stayed in the same game colts versus texans 
Um, he's number 32 on ESPN for standard, which I don't know if Steve mentioned that, but we're using like their standard scoring rankings, not PPR. Um, and this was a tough one for me because kind of like I was just saying about Bateman, where I was like, yeah, I think he probably does better than 32. I don't know if he gets in the top 20. I mean, same thing kind of here um, for Damien is I think jumping to that top 20 is going to be tough, but having to pick somebody for the for the fun of the game, I, I went ahead and did it. Um, and ultimately, I think it's because he's going to just essentially be really like the only offensive option on this team. Um, I mean, they, they cut Marlon Mack, as we talked about on our last episode, who was, you know, going into the season supposedly going to be the number one back. And then Damian Pierce showed out and they decided that they're just going with him. And then, like, next in line is Rex Burkhead and then Agumbawale, who, I mean, I just can't imagine either of those guys getting hardly any touches. Like, Damian Harris is going to be the workhorse here. Um, <laughs> Since my, these two picks like could end up both looking good or could both end up looking really bad because if this game does go the way that we're saying it could go, which would be like the Colts running away with it, then that means that like the Texans are just going to be throwing the ball the entire second half to try to catch up. And then Damian Pierce isn't in good shape, but I'm going to, I'm going to, for the sake of the argument, say we're going to have a close game and that Damian Pierce is going to be toting the rock a lot. And he also, he does have, a good catching ability if that's needed. Um, I, I watched like a lot of his games, obviously at Florida. Um, and he does have a pretty good catching ability. They ran like the wheel route a lot with him and he was really effective, um, running that route and getting open and getting the ball. And so I don't, I don't know necessarily if that's in the, uh, Texans playbook, but if it is, it'd be a good play to help him get some fantasy points. Um, and then a couple other points is just that I think Darius Leonard, um, I guess is going by Shaquille Leonard now. It's his middle, Shaquille is like his middle name. And I guess like he said that that's what he's always gone by. But when he got to the NFL, people just started calling him Darius and then he just went with it. I don't really know. This offseason, he was like, no, guys, call me Shaquille. <laughs> Anyways, Shaq Leonard, not Darius. Um, <clears throat> but I think he's probably not me playing. He's coming back from injury. He did come back to practice this week I think like today or yesterday um but the Colts are being pretty non-committal on that and they're kind of just being like yeah if he's ready we'll play him but I think in the interest of like I was saying before I think that you know the Colts are going to see the Texans here as an inferior opponent they're not going to play him unless he really is 100% there's no reason to to put the the guy that they just gave a huge contract to I guess not just, they last offseason gave a big contract to um, on the field if you're risking potentially injuring him further. So my guess is that he's not going to be playing, which, I mean, he's obviously big in stopping the run game, so that could be good for Pierce. And then I think that the Davis Mills, um, I really, I became a pretty big fan of him last year. I think he was a better quarterback than what a lot of people ended up thinking, what, what a lot of people thought he was going to be. And so I think that he can move the offense well enough to keep this a tight game, to get Pierce some goal line touches, because like I said, I think he's going to be getting just the mass majority of the running back carries, because I don't really see many going to the other guys. So if the offense is moving and, and Pierce is getting all those touches, I think he could end up being a top 20 guy this week. 
Yeah, no, I, I like Damian Pierce, the player, um, definitely for a season. Um, e- even if Darius Leonard's not playing, I think the Colts still have a pretty Shaq. strong front seven. So, oh, Shaq, right. Shaq, Shaq Leonard. Leonard. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. Yeah, no um, even if Shaq Leonard's not playing, uh, the Colts front seven's pretty strong. Yeah. Um, I don't think this will be his week, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. With my second player, another wide receiver, I have Allen Robinson, wide receiver, the LA Rams, and they're playing Buffalo. Uh, first game of the NFL season, Thursday night. Uh, Allen is ranked 35 on ESPN. As Dan said, this is for standard scoring. So if you look on ESPN, it's under the non-PPR uh, rankings. I could see this as a high-scoring game, lots of passing, which is beneficial for Robinson. It's the second highest over-under total for the week behind the Kansas City-Arizona game. And the Bills, you know, lockdown corner, former second-team All-Pro and Pro Bowler in 2020, Tredavious White, um, tore his ACL midway through last season. So he's on the pup list, so will not be playing. Um, they drafted another corner uh, from Florida. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Kair Elam? Kair. Kair. Kair Elam um, from Florida in the first round. So, you know, that's another rookie corner up against a veteran wide receiver in Robinson. But even if we're going to say that he plays well, if he's the number one, he's more likely than not going to be with Cooper Cup. Um, And opposite of Elam is a third-year player who was a seventh rounder in 2020. So they're pretty depleted at the position right now. And even though the Bills have, you know, has over the last two years been a very good pass defense, I can see a lot of points being scored and the Rams really attacking those young corners. And I think even with all the attention to Cup, I think that will be beneficial to A-Rob. And I could see him really getting into the end zone and doing a lot of work. And in addition, Van Jefferson, the Rams' third wide receiver, is questionable for the game. Has been dealing with a knee injury this offseason, so I don't predict him predict him to get a lot of work. So really, I see a lot of Allen Robinson on Thursday night. I would not be surprised if he scores 15, 20 points. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna push back a little bit just for the sake of conversation in regards to kind of what you were saying about like the Bills secondary. Um, yes, no Tredavious White. Um, and the corner, the young cornerbacks could be a bit of an issue, but they do have like potentially like one of the best safety tandems in the league. I mean, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are beasts. Um, so I, I think that secondary is strong, but that's like my only pushback. I mean, honestly, I would have picked Allen Robinson if you just like if you hadn't picked guys first. You kind of stole him. Stole him. I was, I, I was going <laughs> I, through. I beat you to it. Yeah, because you sent me the text, and then like I was like going through the list, and I was just like, "Dang, I want Allen Robinson." Um, but I, I mean, I definitely agree. I think that this is going to be like both of these teams have good defenses, but they both also have off awesome offenses, and like 
I really hope we just get this like opening guy opening night game on Thursday night, and it's just like the fifty two fifty seven game. Yeah, just a, just a slugfest. Yes, I think it has that potential to just be like a super fun game. And honestly, like even give me like some defensive touchdowns. Like I don't care. Just give me a lot of points. Make it fun. I think it will be. I'm looking for this game a lot. You make the point about Van Jefferson, and even if even if he is healthy and is like playing well, like at least how they ran their offense last year, they basically take, like, two deep shots to him a game. Like, that's kind of his role. He's got the speed. He gets on the outside. They'll take a couple deep shots. Sometimes they hit, but, like, sometimes they don't. I don't think he's that big of a threat of, like, cutting into A-Rob, even if he is fully healthy. Um, And I, I agree. Like, this could easily be a game where, like, both teams have wide receivers who have two touchdowns. Um. I, I think that's definitely possible. I could for sure see an A-Rob having a big week. Yeah, no, I, I'm i with you, and I really think he could have a good game. And it's interesting how the NFL set up the schedules because they set up this great Rams-Buffalo game, two great offenses, and the next Thursday we're going to get the Chiefs and I believe the Chiefs and Chargers, so another another two great offenses. Wow, that is exciting. So they're, they're really touting it up, trying to – show off on national television no, I mean, normally they, they put the horrible games on thursday night so when yeah, is you that we're getting jacksonville the bears the yeah Lions. in those oh my gosh do you remember when they did those those like color jerseys and like the jacksonville ones looked like mustard and like yeah oh those were horrible they just like made you watch like two bad football teams and then also put them in just atrocious jerseys no, I, it's good that they're not doing that right now. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited for the game. I think it's going to be – I think it could definitely be just like a huge fantasy night for lots of players. That's what I'm hoping at least. Yeah, so we'll see uh, Thursday night. But, yes. but anyway, um, so those are our targets for this week. Um, on a weekly basis, we usually do some targets. But in addition, once kind of the season gets going – We'll touch on some waivers, some players to add, some players to drop. Um, so look out for those episodes coming early um, next week. And stay tuned. Uh, Dan, you got anything else to finish up? Uh, as always, as you're getting ready for week one here, hit us up with questions on Twitter if, uh, if you have any. Um, yes, Steve and I would love to answer any questions you have. Okay, great. Uh, That's all I have for this week. Um, Set those lineups and good luck. Yep, good luck.